Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to the only show that goes back in time to Pittsburgh Steelers yesteryear and Pittsburgh Steelers greatness. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is my great friend, Tony Defio. As we go back, not too far in the DeLorean, but back far enough when the Steelers and Ravens were battling once again for supremacy. Tony Defio, how are you, my friend? I am fantastic. I look forward to talking about this game with you. It was one of my favorites uh, in this rivalry. It absolutely is, Tony. And when you go back to great Steelers-Ravens games, this one is always listed towards the top. And so what we're going to do is we're going to set the time circuits for a day that WikiLeaks were definitely dominating the headlines once again as far as the U.S. government goes. The sports world was mourning the loss of Don Meredith, Dandy Don, at the age of 72. And Firework by Katy Perry was number one on the radio. And Tangled replaced Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows at number one at the box office. I saw both of those movies at the theater, Tony, and Firework was a song that I would sing along. Definitely a big Katy Perry fan, so I, I know that song really well. Meanwhile, the Steelers and the Ravens were both eight and three and fighting it out for the AFC North crown. The Ravens had beaten the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger in week four in what I thought was controversial fashion. But the win meant so much to the Ravens, and if they were to win again, that would mean that they would most likely sew up the division for the black and purple. And we don't want that to happen, do we, Tony? 
Oh, absolutely not. No, I, this was a, a peak uh, hating the Ravens for me. I, I never been a big fan of John Harbaugh. Certainly don't like Joe Flacco, Terrell Suggs, any of those guys. And when they when they won that Week Four game, I was pretty uh pretty darn well. I was I was sad. I'll just put it that way. I was pretty sad. And as you said, this game had such huge implications because the winner of this game it, it meant more than a division title i was mad because you had guys like michael Orr, even the rookie marshall yonda they would jump off sides like crazy and especially Orr, and he was a guy that would ha- not jump off sides but really have the false starts yes and he had a false start on that winning pass from Flacco to TJ Hushmanzada, who is one of my all-time most hated <laughs> players because of the terrible pal incident, and I never liked the guy. You know, I have never forgotten that play, and I was thinking about it when I was re-watching this game. I was getting mad again because it seemed that there were tons of false starts that weren't called. A couple were, so that made me happy, but this was a game full of stars on both sides of the ball. In fact, on the field that night were 22 Pro Bowlers, Tony, three Defensive Players of the Year, and three Hall of Famers. And the Hall of Famers were Troy Palomalu, Ed Reed, and Ray Lewis. And I think you're going to add some Hall of Famers possibly to that list in the future. But the Defensive Players of the Year were James Harrison, Ed Reed, and Ray Lewis. So a lot of great ones, perennial Pro Bowlers, Heinz Ward, he was in that game. Of course, Ben Roethlisberger, we know he's a, a future Hall of Famer. He was playing in this game, and he was playing hurt in this game with a bad foot. So that was a big deal as well. You also had guys on the Ravens like Terrell Suggs that were going to make life miserable for the Steelers, and he showed up big time. T-Sizzle was amazing in this game for Baltimore. Yeah, Flo, Flozell Adams, who was a, a free agent, they picked up. I think that year he he had no uh, he had no answers for him. Neither did, neither did Jonathan Scott or anybody else that they uh, tried to uh, block Terrell Suggs with. He was uh, he was a uh, big Ben nem- nemesis his whole career, and certainly in this game. And that line was in shambles, but they held it together well enough. And we're going to talk about that. So to start the game, Baltimore got the ball first, and Flacco went deep to Todd Heap very good player in this rivalry as well, who pulled a hamstring and was gone for the night. Just like that. One play, he's gone. And that would end up being a big deal, Tony. Yeah, Todd Heap was a, uh, a really good player for them and a guy who always uh, seemed to shine and show up whenever they, these two teams played. So that loss that early was very significant. On third down, rookie Marshall Yonda, we just talked about him. He jumped off sides, but it wasn't called. And it didn't matter as Ziggy Hood busted through the line. He got a sack, the number one pick from the year before, Evander Ziggy Hood. Then on came Ben Roethlisberger with a bad foot. His foot was so bad, they didn't really say what was wrong. I don't know whether there was a break to it, but he had to wear a shoe. What was it? One and a half sizes too big, Tony? Yeah, they kept pointing it out during the game. It, it, it was definitely a, a, a bit bigger than his left foot, uh, his left shoe. And, and, and um, uh, he, according to Chris Collinsworth, he, he took him a, a, good, a good bit of time to warm up to that apparatus. And he definitely would. Now, Ben showed off his epic pump fake at the beginning. His pump fake skills were incredible. He got a first down just like that to Isaac Redman. But on third and eight, Halani Noda, he stormed through to sack number seven and bloodied his nose. Now, the Steelers would deny that it wasn't broken, but there was plenty of plasma everywhere on Ben's jersey. And his nose 
Tony, his nose was going sideways. Yes. Uh, if it wasn't broken, I don't know what you call it. It was, it was definitely not, <laughs> not normal. Uh, and, and for those people who, who were wondering why that penalty was called a couple weeks ago in the, in the Cowboys game, when, when uh, the guy hit, hit Roethlisberger in, in the face mask, that's why, because you could do a lot of damage there. That's why they try to protect the quarterback because this, uh, he could have very easily uh, left this game. But as we all know, Big Ben is pretty darn tough. After the punt, we got vintage Troy when Palomalu would fly through to drop Willis McGahee on first down for a loss of four. It was one of those plays that we saw him do all the time. We would actually have this play happen in a different way later on in the game and make a huge difference. On third down, Flacco floated a beauty to Ed Dixon, who was in for heap, and the rookie juggled the ball actually six times. I played it back a few (laughs) times to count. It knocked around six times. It gave Brett Kiesel, the defensive end who was trying to cover him, time to recover and knock it completely away. And the Ravens had to punt. Did you see anything like that? The guy juggling it and having all those opportunities before it finally got knocked to the ground. Yeah, that was weird because it was it was a perfect pass and it looked like he caught it initially. And then he just he just uh, as you said, he just kept bobbling it and, and juggling it until he finally dropped it. So Sam Cook came on to kick the ball away, but he would not. That wacky John Harbaugh tried some trickery when Haruki Nakamura took the direct snap, and looked to be free. But Brendan, Tony, help me out with his name. Ian Badejo? Ian Badejo, yeah. He was a one of their special teams demons in the day, but not on this play. And he was called for a false start. That really helped out the Steelers. They lost the element of surprise as well, and then they had to punt for real. They couldn't use that play later. After the Steelers got the ball, they did nothing the Ravens took advantage. The Steelers sent Palomalu after Flacco on third and 15 from the three, and they got burnt for it. Number five found Anquan Bolden for 61 yards and out of peril. The Ravens kept moving the chains, and on the drive's 10th play, Flacco had a whopping 7.04 seconds of time mm. and had time to find Anquan Bolden all alone after beating Bryant McFadden. It was now seven to nothing Ravens with 159 left in the first. What happened on this play, Tony? Well, as you said, uh, Flacco had all the time in the world uh, to sit back in the pocket and then move around. And, and, and BMAC, Brian McFadden, he, he certainly took the blame on this play. He lost sight of receiver Bolden. But I mean, it's hard to cover anybody for seven seconds in the NFL. So I, I kind of give uh, uh, McFadden a, a pass on that one, even though his, his coaches certainly didn't. Now, McFadden was a great player for the Steelers in two Super Bowls. And I really, I really believe that. He had a rough game. And one thing that was pointed out by Collinsworth was that he was struggling with a hamstring in this game and having a really tough time. So that's something that had to be considered here. But he was getting picked on all night and Bolden, and Derek Mason were really taking advantage of him, and so was Flacco. The Steelers would then take over at the 20, and on third and two, Ben got blasted by Terrell Suggs, who hounded him all day long like we talked about earlier. Roethlisberger was able to dump it off to Milwaukee Moore, who fought for the first down and got it, but here comes Harbaugh. He challenged the spot. It was overturned, and Dan Sepulveda had a punt as the quarter ended. After another sug sack, Tony, on the Steelers' next possession, Sepulveda had to punt again, and he was hurt on the play. 
To make matters worse, Ladarius Webb returned it all the way to the Steelers' 49. After holding the Ravens again, the Steelers took over on their own 20, and Ben immediately connected with David Johnson, who bowling-balled his way all the way for a 25-yard gain, but the Steelers would not score on the drive when Ben went deep to Antonio Brown in the end zone, and Josh Wilson intercepted it at the Steelers, too. The Steelers looked to actually tie the game here, Tony, but they couldn't. Ben threw a bad pass. Yeah, and, and, and it was pretty apparent early on that points were going to be at a premium, and for them to uh, come away with nothing here was uh, pretty uh, crushing at that, at that moment in the game for, for a, such an important contest. Indeed it was. When the Ravens took over, they couldn't move the ball. Then with a third and two from the Steelers' six, Flacco goes deep to Dante Stallworth, who was in for an injured Derek Mason. He wasn't injured the whole game. He had to go out a little bit. It was a 67-yard play to victimize who once again, Tony? Our, our man again, Brian McFadden, BMAC. Uh, as you said, it wasn't one of his greatest games, and this was another example. He just he got burned badly by, oh, admittedly, a very fast player, but still, it, it, was, it wasn't good. And here's the thing. They set the ball up at the Steelers' 27. But Ike Taylor on a corner blitz on a third and 15 sacked Flacco, and they had to punt the ball. The significance here, Tony, if you go down 14 to nothing to the Ravens back in that era, you're done. Yeah, even 10 nothing, 10 nothing uh, would, would have been huge at that point. So for them to, to knock them out of field goal range was really critical. It really was, Tony. After moving the ball into Ravens territory, Isaac Redman fumbled on third down. And then Richard Mendenhall would recover the ball for them. They decided to go for it on fourth and two. And one of the main reasons they decided to go on fourth and two, because they didn't know about the availability of Sepulveda here. So they went for it and got it. But on third and 10, Heinz Ward dropped a sure first down, something he never does, Tony. No, yeah, he's usually Mr. Dependable, and he, and he always got up for, for the uh, Ravens game. So that was a, a big drop at that point in the game. Surely was. So you have to bring Sean Sweezum on to punt now. Now, they kept Sepulveda in the game to be the place kick holder, not to mess up anything there. Because who else are you really going to go to at that point? You have to go to a uh, backup quarterback. So he was still able to play and hold the ball. He would actually help out on a low snap at one point. So it was great that he was able to stay in there, but he wasn't able to kick the ball away. Sweezum was able to punt the ball away. Because it actually had a pretty good night punting for not being used to it. So he punts the ball away. The Ravens run out the clock to end the half, and they are up seven to nothing. It's halftime, Tony. Steelers are doing nothing. What are you thinking? At, at this at this point, it felt a lot like the uh, the game that they played against them in 2008 at the end of the year for the division title, uh, where it was just a low scoring game and it was very physical and they could do nothing on offense. It was pretty frustrating. I remember watching it with my girlfriend at the time. And I wasn't a happy camper and she wasn't happy with me because of my attitude, because as I said earlier in the show, I did not like the Ravens at all at that point in time. All right. So let's go ahead and take a break. And we will be back right after this with the second part of the Steelers retro show, December 5th, 2010 with the Steelers against the Ravens. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Tony Defio. We're talking Steelers, talking Ravens from 10 years ago and one of the great games in the rivalry. Both of these teams coming in 
eight and three. This is for division supremacy for the Steelers. They had already lost in week four to the Ravens. So this was a big deal. They had to win this game and we're going to see what happens. So, so far it's seven to nothing. The Steelers can't get anything going to start the third. The Steelers get the ball in the 20. That's when they start putting Richard Mendenhall to work. On the drive, Pittsburgh gets first downs from Mendenhall, Ward, and Mike Wallace, but Terrell Suggs and the Baltimore defense clamp down again, and Sweezum had to come out to cut the Raven lead down to four with a 45-yard field goal. Tony, just getting points on the board, was that making you feel a little bit better? Absolutely, and and Sweezum, he was the midseason signing, so for him to come in, kick some of the field goals he did down the stretch. I mean, it was, it was uh, very admirable. And this was certainly a big field goal at that point in the game because they needed to get on the board. If I'm not mistaken, this was his third game as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And he ended up, he replaced Jeff Skippy Reed, your guy. And Sweezum had a very good year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he would have lasted for the Steelers a long time if he wasn't injured in the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio against the Minnesota Vikings, Tony. Yeah, that, uh, it was a real shame because we, we all know how, how good Chris Boswell has been since he signed here. He had that shaky year in 2018, but other than that, he's been pretty automatic. And that's how Shreeson was uh, when he came here in 2010. Through uh, that, through, through the 2014 season, he was pretty automatic. And uh, for him to suffer that injury in that Hall of Fame game uh, on that really very terrible turf that they had there, that they had to replace. And, and it, it was such a shame. It's such a uh, uh, shame to see his career end like that. So the Ravens would answer with a long drive featuring runs by Ray Rice and Flacco, completions to Dixon, Hushmanzada, and Derek Mason with a first and goal from the six. This is a big deal. Troy Palomalu, Lamar Woodley, and Brett Kiesel started laying in the smack of Downeth, and they held Baltimore to a kind of field goal. With 7-10 left in the third, the Ravens extended their lead to 10-3. to but how much of a victory was it, Tony, that it wasn't 14 to three at this point? That was enormous. That was huge because uh, to go down 14, three, you know, as we're, as we're going to find out the Steelers didn't have two touchdowns in them that night. So uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a uh, ginormous to quote my uh, ex-girlfriend who was with me that night for them to, for them to uh, hold them to a, a field goal there. Uh, the next drive almost ended in disaster on third down. Ben got bombarded by Suggs, was sacked again. As he was going down, the ball came out, and it kept squirting backwards, and it, it kept on going. Everybody's trying to touch this thing. Uh, I could hear Chris Berman go, whoop, whoop, whoop. I mean, uh -huh. Then of all people, Tony, Chris Kimoiatu, he was able to pick up the ball. He rumbled and stumbled, but it was really fun to watch, Tony. It was one of his biggest contributions when he was here because he struggled often after that line, but it, it was it was a bit huge for him to fall on that ball at that point. After that, the Steelers did get a break, though. They got a first down out of that whole play because our friend Nakamura, he had a hold of Heath Miller's jersey, which this was a really bad series for Heath Miller. We'll get back to him in just a moment. But because of that, Heath Miller being held, it's an automatic first down. Now, after a third down run failed, Ben rushed to the line and got Baltimore to jump and got nailed with a neutral zone infraction. On the next play, Jamil McLean nails a defenseless Heath Miller on a helmet-to-helmet -helmet, but was not flagged. In fact, Chris Collinsworth, 
was flabbergasted that McLean was not nailed for a helmet to helmet. Cause this was the year that James Harrison was fined like crazy for the helmet to helmet stuff. He was put on the cover of sports illustrated for it. They brought that up as well. They really wanted a play there. So for all of you that think that Collinsworth hates the Steelers, he wasn't hating in this game and most of the games I watch actually. Yeah. And, and this is the second uh, pretty uh, flagrant foul that wasn't called the first one, obviously by uh, um, on, on Ben, when he, when he broke his nose on Nada, the Nada hit. And now this, I mean, this was really obvious and, and right out there in the open for, and for them not to call it. It was really, really frustrating at that point. Such a, a, a close and important game. So to make matters worse, Flozell Adams went down on that same series to further deplete the Pittsburgh offensive line for a team that wasn't able to run the ball. They were going to have more troubles too. On third and 11, Ben found himself in trouble. He rolled right to escape and threw a perfect pass to Emmanuel Sanders to the two yard line to end the quarter. Tony, it was a beautiful strike. One of his best passes of the day. The Steelers could not capitalize, though, as a first down to Mike Wallace was nullified. So on first and goal, Mendy goes nowhere on two straight handoffs. And remember, Flozell goes out. That's a big deal. On third and goal, Wallace catches a short toss but can't get in either. Sweezum has to come on, and he hits a 19-yarder to make it 10-6 to with 12.46 remaining in the game. That's a big blow in a very defensive game, Tony. Yeah, like I said earlier, uh, points were certainly going to be at a premium in this game. And, and when you have a first and goal with the two at the start of the fourth quarter, you, you're, you're feeling pretty good that you, you, could, you could punch it in and tie the score. And for them to only come away with three, that had to be pretty deflating. It really was. I remember watching the game going, oh, no, they cannot get in. And they were, they were a decent running team back then. Mendenhall had a good year. But with no offensive line, with everybody hurt, they were not moving it. They also had Heath Miller out of the game as well. And you were left with no, actually, you didn't have space in the game either. So you were left with David Johnson, right. who's more of an H-back and not much of a blocker. So they were really hurting in this game and it showed here, but they still got some points. So that's a good thing. They're still down four though, Tony. So on the next series, the Ravens got cute on the fake reverse and Lamar Woodley snuffed it out for a huge loss. The Ravens then had to punt. The Steelers could not capitalize, though, as a first down to Mike Wallace was nullified, and Sweezum was forced to punt from deep in his own end. He barely got it off, Tony, and the Ravens came back out with good field position. How scared were you on that, Tony? I was very petrified, and for them to get the ball at their own 48, uh, up by four, uh, in the fourth quarter, I was I was uh, just a little worried that they were gonna they, they were gonna uh, reach Pater and and put the game away. But the Steelers' defense did come to play, Tony, and forced another punt. But the offense of the Steelers could not get it together, and Ben took a sack when Hines and David Johnson ran into each other. Sweezum had to punt again with 4:43 left in the game. It just looked like they were not going to get anything going. On the ensuing series, the Ravens were milking the clock like crazy by running precious time off when the Steelers' defense said, let's change this game. On second and five from the Baltimore 43, Troy Palomalu, we talked about him coming in and making a huge play 
from that safety blitz. He did it again, Tony. Yeah, he timed it perfectly, and it was, I always call it the Troy chop. He he uh, he, he chopped uh, Joe Flacco's arm just as he was about to throw. Uh, he didn't get the pass off. It was a fumble, and and Lamar Woodley recovered it and returned it to the nine. And the Steelers were in in great shape. They they uh, at, at the three thirteen mark. Yeah, they were. And James Harrison was big on that play too. He blitzed along with Palomalu. He came up the middle. Palomalu came up the side with the chop. Flacco did not have a chance whatsoever. The Steelers were in business. However, a Steelers touchdown was far from a given in this contest. On first down, Suggs bombards Ben. And this was vintage Ben. He somehow escapes to flip the ball away. He was dead. He was done. I mean, he looked like he was sacked. He Houdini'd this one, Tony. Yeah, if you if you were gonna uh, put together a, a highlight of Ben's career, maybe the top ten plays, uh, this one, even though it didn't go for any yardage and was an incomplete pass, you would have to include this one because this was this was this personified what Ben Roethlisberger has been to this team and and, and the magic he's been able to pull off uh, over a seventeen year career. This was this was incredible. He was actually able to get rid of the ball for an incomplete pass at that point with Suggs hanging all over him. It's just amazing he saved the Steelers probably about 10 yards on that play on second goal seven over through Heinz Ward in the back of the end zone on third and goal Ben tosses it to Isaac Redman in traffic only to the seven yard line but Redman would do the rest Tony yeah this was uh this was probably Red, the height of Redmond's powers at this point. He was so popular with the fans. Um, that's what the Eisman Redmond Award is named after him um, behind the store curtain. And, and he took the pass and avoided uh, three or four, several of Ravens defenders on the way to the end zone. It was re- really a clutch touchdown, probably the biggest touchdown of, of, of the year in the regular season for the Steelers. Absolutely. This was a big one. Isaac Redmond will always be remembered for this. It was 13 to 10 now with 251 left in a very fantastic game. But the Ravens had plenty of time to answer. The defense was not going to let up, though. On first down, Harrison and Ferrier burst right through and dropped Flacco. But Flacco connected to Bolden on the very next play for 17 yards to make it fourth and two. On fourth down, Flacco connected with Bolden again. Bolden was amazing in this game. They moved the chains as the two-minute warning hit. After the break, Flacco found Bolden yet again for 19 yards, and then McFadden got nailed for another pass interference. Things were looking rough again, and the score was only 13-10, to 10, Tony. The Ravens could come back and win this game, and it kind of looked like it the way they were moving the ball. Oh, it was. I was very worried at this point because, uh, as you said, they, they just like that, they were down, you know, at least in field goal range. So you're thinking at, at, at worst, they're going to tie the game and send it into overtime. So I was, pr- I was pretty, uh, pretty worried. This is where coaching comes into play. The Ravens continue to drive. And after Dixon dropped a pass on third and two, remember heaps, not in there that could have changed everything, but Dixon drops it. John Harbaugh decided against a 50 yard Billy Cundiff attempt. And then Flacco has to put it in his hands. He wants Bolden on the right side. He was not open. He short arms it to a wide open Dixon with James Ferrier in Flacco's face. It fell short. The Steelers were victorious just like that. And the Ravens had a chance to tie it up. 
How bad of a call was that, Tony? I think at that point, you have to trust your – I realized that the wind may have been uh, blowing in or may, may have been swirling, but I think at that point, you have to – you have to trust your kicker to, uh, to tie the game for you. I think that that was a very makeable field goal for him. This was an epic ball game. Once again, the Steelers win this 13 to 10. They go on to win the division. And that was a huge deal as well. They got the lead here. They ended up seeing this team once again in the second round of the playoffs. That was a fantastic game. The Baltimore Ravens ended up le- leading 14, nothing at one point before halftime. I had people calling me on the phone saying, ha ha, we're going to the Super Bowl. I'm like, ah, too early, my friends. <laughs> and it definitely was too early as the Steelers ended up winning that game, going to the Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers in Super Bowl 45. They were not victorious in that game, but a season to remember the last time the Steelers were in the Super Bowl. And this game was a big reason why, Tony Defio. It absolutely was. And, and it just goes to show you how, how great a rivalry this was at that, at that time, because if the, if the Ravens win this game, like you said, they likely win the division. Steelers are the, the probably the fifth seed in the AFC, and who knows what happens after that. But the Steelers won a division. They got the bye. They wind, wound up playing two games at home in, in, in the, uh, the playoffs, and, and they made it all the way to the Super Bowl, all because of, of, of this game. And they had a chance to win in that Super Bowl as well. So it's one of those things, Tony, that when you play these games against division rivals and you win these games – they make a big difference and you just said it. So a fantastic game. I remember 2010 as a great year, even though they did not win the title, right? It was a very special game. And it's funny. We talked about how this game is always ranked towards the top, but you could actually rank this game 20th with all the great games. These teams have played, right? When we're, when we're picking a game for the retro show, there's a million Raven Steelers games that we could pick from and they have only been playing since 1996, Tony. Absolutely. And, and if you, if you, for an example of how port, uh, important these games are, the, the following year, they, they were swept by the Ravens. One of those games was, was a last second loss at Heinz Field. They both wound up with 12 and four records, but the Ravens got the division in the bye and the Steelers got Tebowed on the playoffs. I uh, knew you were going to say that, yeah. Tebowed. <laughs> so there you go. It's just, it's, it's amazing uh, what, one or two plays here and there did uh, did for either one of these teams. And that's how close they were. They were two of the, the best teams in football at that time. And they just happened to be in the same division. So it was, it was an excellent time to, to be a fan of either one of these teams. But in 2010, it was a great time to be a fan of the Steelers. Absolutely. Because you had a chance to go to the Super Bowl the very next year with that 12 and four record, but you lose in the first round in at the very beginning of overtime, uh, we will never forget being Tebowed. That is never going to be on the retro show, Tony. I promise you that. Uh, it's fine by me. I, I never want to relive that, relive that game ever again. Yeah, but we did want to relive this one, and it was a lot of fun. We're going to be reliving a really fun game coming up next week as we're going to talk about the very last game ever at Three River Stadium with the Steelers playing the Washington football team coming up at the end of next week. Let's go ahead, relive a game against Washington. So that's what we're going to do. But thanks again, Tony, as always. I love walking down memory lane with you, my friend. Uh, this, was, this was one of my favorites to, to relive, and this is one of, one of the most sat- satisfying uh, wins that they've had, really, in, in the regular season for me personally. I really uh, got a kick out of this victory for a, lot of, for, for a lot of great reasons. Well, thanks so much, Tony. For Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. 
This is the Steelers Retro Show. Once again, the Steelers 13, the Ravens of Baltimore 10. We will talk to you next week. Remember, you can take me away. I don't mind, but you better promise me I'll be back in time. We'll see you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.